0: Hey guys, welcome back to the show where we discuss what's going on with your psychology so you can manage your life. So you could make the decisions you wanna make to ultimately live the life you want to live. You know, There's so much wasted energy spent on looking at the symptoms, looking at psychological symptoms and trying to manage that. I mean, not just in self-help typically, but also in academic psychology. I mean, that's what cognitive behavioral therapy is, is looking at the symptoms. And if you try to look at a cause, so you look at the cognitive behavioral therapy triangle. There's um, thoughts, feelings, and actions. Thoughts, emotions, and actions. Okay, so where do our emotions come from? That's just our thoughts and our actions. Well, it's not really the cause. You're just it's more of a ladder move than anything else. So it's very difficult right now in psychology to look at causes of our emotional issues. We just look at symptoms. And of course, that's going to make the, dif- the the solving your issue impossible ultimately, and just way. Yeah, way more difficult than it needs to be. But when we understand emotions and how they work fundamentally, then we can start looking at the causes that get robbed of the symptoms. Right, so beliefs. Like everybody talks about, you like, oh, got to change your beliefs. If you want new life, get new beliefs. Well, yeah, maybe that's true, but but where do the beliefs come from? Do do the beliefs simply come from your beliefs? I mean, do they come from your affirmations from the way that you talk to yourself? I mean, maybe... In some convoluted process but ultimately your beliefs come from how you interact with your emotions probably how you've been interacting with your emotions on an unconscious level for years decades and we got to look at so if you have any unhealthy beliefs we got to first look at how you're interacting with your emotions in an unhealthy way clear that up and whatever belief you want to have about yourself or what is healthy for you to have <laughs> given the context of where you are given your relationship with, with reality will be the belief that you have. And that's what we can help you with here is just looking at fundamental issues so we can at least make your issues simple, right? Not not easy. It's still going to be difficult to work through, but we can at least make them simple and give you a, a, a stupidly clear path forward. So I guess if we're talking about symptoms, I got a question here this week from not only a listener, but a friend, a female friend, which may be relevant. In response to these mass shootings, she wants to know what she can do with the feeling that she needs to do something. Uh, so we have this strong feeling to do something in the face of this these injustices that happen, and and I think that feeling to do something is healthy. And perhaps I would even say you are, you're a better person than I am if you feel that, uh, more stronger than I do. Um, so the urge to do something that's healthy. But what happens with you know and on. Often, is people take this healthy urge and use it in a non healthy way. You know, we see this all the time in any kind of codependent relationship. If you're, I mean, just a hint at what I'm getting at here. If you have a codependent, if you have a codependent relationship, excuse me, with society, or whether you have that with a person, you know, somebody shows up in your life and and they talk about all their problems and they have you know, probably because they sense that you're codependent. So they, oh, I can use this person. I mean, they're not thinking this consciously, but that's what happens. That's how this predator prey inter- interaction. <laughs> get started right like, oh, I can use this person um, they're going to try to help me of course you're not really going to help them but instead of focusing on those issues that you have wrong in your life and of course you have your, your issues because you're a codependent right you're trying to help them you think I know the solution will be is I will help them uh, and I, they're really going to like me for it but of course what ends up happening is, is you can not help them <laughs> that, that's impossible not in any fundamental way and, and if and they just end up resenting you because you're trying to change them. And they have a right to resent you for you trying to change them because that's disrespectful to somebody if you're trying to change them, you know, even if you're right, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You may know exactly why they're messing up and exactly what they can do to fix it. You may be very clear about that, but that doesn't make the codependent relationship any healthier. And I, th- I think a similar issue is going on here. So first we have to just look at, can you even do anything? What can you do on A national cultural level to really affect what's going on or a political level I mean that's what typically uh, people mean is I want to do something I want to affect change I want to get the right gun law or get the right legislation or or set up security in schools in the correct way so this will never happen again but you know the, the, the fact is, people would say it's an unfortunate fact, but I think it's a very fortunate fact, is that you really don't have much effect on society. I mean, people, of course, have had effect on society. It's not like it's never possible. But it, you, we usually only have an, a, an effect on society to the extent that it's small. It's small and simple and monocultural, and right now we live in a society that's huge, a large government complex that just has its tentacles in every different facet, of our culture of our society everything we're talking about uh, American society my friends American of course then um, then we, we really don't have much control maybe on some local level but that's not what usually mean when they say they want to affect change and, and even if you could pass a gun law let's just say you could does it really have a beneficial outcome if you if you are Totally clear on that. If you think the answer is obvious, then you are stuck. You are stuck in a narcissistic loop of seeking information that confirms what you want it to be. If you think that guns make us safer, you're stuck in a loop. If you think that guns are more that lax uh, gun laws make it more dangerous, make society more dangerous, then you are stuck in a loop. Now, ultimately, I don't care, right? I mean, I've talked about this. <laughs> I think guns are fun. If if you don't think guns are fun, then you just haven't spent enough time around them. Guns are a lot of fun. And so what, are we, are we gonna live in a society? I mean, I wrote this article, I mean, 10 years ago, it must've been, I think it was a response to a, a, a movie theater shooting. And of course, after all these shootings, people get all upset and up in arms, uh, paradoxically against guns, right? Uh, But my point is, look, guns are a lot of fun. We don't want to have a society where we we go around banning something just because, banning something that's a lot of fun just because it may be dangerous. I mean, that sets a horrible precedent for society. And you ultimately don't want to live in that society where that precedent is carried to the nth degree. And that's how I think it's healthy to think about it when you look at any kind of government action. So, do do guns make us safer? Do the guns make us more dangerous? I mean, you can go back and forth on that all you want. And and you can have your view on it, and maybe you know the data more than I do, I don't know. But uh, ultimately, my point is, who cares? Uh, Guns are a lot of fun. And even if just one person in the society thought that guns were fun, would that still make it okay to take them away? just because they could potentially be dangerous when they're in the wrong hands. I would really want you to think carefully about the implications of that before you start wanting to do something and take action, which is usually what people, people say, when they get the urge to do something. Um, so what's really going on? Like you can't really affect society. You know, The US government, if, if you think, you know, if you haven't heard it now, hear me now, believe me later, politicians don't care about you. They don't care about keeping you safe. This isn't cynical. It's just the way it works. It's the way it always works. So why do you really care? We have to ask, if you don't really have any power in society, there's nothing you can really do to change culture in any immediate way. Why do you really have this strong urge to do something? And I just have to assume that you have this strong urge because it is a way for you to compensate for you know, same thing with a codependent person in a personal relationship. It's a way for you to compensate for any feelings of inadequacy you have in your own life. So, <clears throat> look, I mean, we look at um, videos of crime online, like, you know, people uh, <coughs> people shoplifting here in San Francisco. But We don't get the calls to actions to do anything to these because it doesn't really, it's not that visceral, like a, especially a school shooting. We just look at that and go, oh, man, looks like... San Francisco is a crappy place to live and it probably smells like tinkle and of course it indeed does. But I mean, the school shooting, it's way more visceral, right? Because it's children being unsafe, children dying in a place, in the exact place where they need to feel safe. So it really means something to us. So I would look at, if you have the feeling that you have to do something about these school shootings, look at any feelings of one injustice in your own life and any feelings of insecurity or feeling unsafe. Not that you're wrong to say that it's an injustice, right I mean that that's the trick Of course it's an injustice that it, that it happens. Of course it's wrong for children to feel unsafe in the exact place they need to feel the safest, where they go to learn <laughs> where they go l- learn how to be adults like we don't have society without well functioning schools um, but right you can't do anything about that. We have already settled that um, so look at any injustices or any places of insecurity in your life that you're just projecting on these school shootings and these are you know these school shootings are great projection because they're visceral it matters to us and so those are the first things i would look at and the other thing i would look at is yeah i mean i guess this kind of goes along with the first two things is where are you using this as a rationalization so you feel the urge to do something to affect change in the culture, to be an activist. You know, all these are just euphemisms for codependence with society. You you get involved in these processes as a rationalization for not understanding how to manage your own issues. Or or you can even use it as a sense of self-pity. Like, what's the point of trying, for instance, if we live in a world where some, uh, some crazy person can just walk into a school and shoot up a bunch of kids? What's the point of even trying, right? So it could also be that. So look at the payoff, right? Look at where you are receiving a secondary emotional payoff. The payoff here being a compensation for not managing issues in your own life. That would be the first place I would start. If you really wanna know what to do with that urge. Yeah, you, you take that urge and it's uncomfortable, so you wanna project it out, you wanna be an activist, you wanna you know, carry your sign around the, the state capitol, to affect change and create stronger gun laws, that is a way for you to compensate for not managing your own social issues, for for your own personal issues. So you try to manage social issues, being part of a crowd, Wow, what a coincidence, being part of the crowd, a great benzodiazepine, a great anxiolytic, a great way to manage your anxiety When you feel this existential strife in your own life as represented by a school shooting and how horrible that is and you go, I got to fix that. No, that's not the first place I would look. The first place I would look, the the more likely culprit, the way more likely culprit here is to look at yourself. The other thing I would say is just to focus on what you already do. I'm sure you have some kind of job. And what jobs are, is they're a way to create a society. They're a way to create structure and order and health in a society. Um, A healthy flow of libidinal energy in a society represented represented by economic energy, represented by money. That's what jobs go out to do. The jobs are there to facilitate that process. So in a way, the job that you're already doing, whether it's, okay so let's say you're an architect i mean this is a pretty obvious example let's say you're an architect and, and you are really hurt by what goes on in these cool shootings and you want to affect change well maybe the best way for you to do that is to be a really good architect because part of what you're doing and being an architect is yes you're building buildings of course but uh, buildings are art and are school shootings more likely or less likely to happen in society where we have art everywhere? We have art that we live in. We, we live in buildings that make sense and make us feel a sense of, of freedom. What it is to be alive, to be a, a human who is an individual unto himself and has free will and cognition all these beautiful things and emotions that we can manage you work to not only build buildings but to build buildings that facilitate that feeling in people and this is what i talk about i mean and this if it sounds like i'm up by own ass or bombastic or highfalutin i am but this is also true and this is what i talk about in my book on developing a uh, what i call it a contribution Right? It's not just a it's not enough simply to have a purpose. You got to have a contribution. What does it mean? What does it mean to you when you do the things that you do? whether it's become an architect or you know maybe something that you know like a concrete salesman, even something like that, you're selling concrete. okay, you're out there creating relationships with people. First of all, I mean just the relationships you create with people. Can have a profound effect on them, and those relationships that you create, however healthy they are, will go out and have profound effects on the people that they interact with. And you know, I'm not the first one to say this, but you are. You know, it's interesting in a way, on a on a top-down level, affecting change in our politics and being an activist and trying to change society from the top down, and and uh, you know, uh, make our institutions right. You know, most of that changes a fantasy. It is a codependent fantasy, but. In a more grassroots way, in a more organic way, you actually are uh, fairly powerful. And how you interact with people just reverberates throughout their life. Um, so if you're a concrete salesman, yeah, not only are you facilitating building material so we can have buildings so the architect can build these beautiful things in which we feel more human, but you're also you know facilitating relationships or you know you know in, in anything else just you have way more effect in, in what you already do now than you ever could if you know if you have your your picket sign outside the state capitol of course we know the reason why you're ultimately doing that is because it's you know you just have a lot of anxiety or just in your relationships just in your relationships in general uh, The people you interact with for the same reason why being a concrete salesman, however minuscule we may think that job is, and maybe it is, but it has nothing to do with the job and more to do with the intention you bring to it. It has way more to do with how well you can make that purpose in your life being a, an effective salesman into a something that contributes right this is the eternal return this is what i talk about in uh, issue two i talk about this in the morality of the eternal return why you know this is the culmination of nietzsche's philosophy or no this is the culmination of the ubermensch Okay, so the Übermensch the is the culmination of Nietzsche's philosophy. You could argue at least parts of it. And the Eternal Return is the culmination of the Übermensch's ethic. And what does Nietzsche say? And I think it rings very true. He says, in effect, you, you do not, yes, you play the game to win. I think this is what I say in issue two of the magazine. If I don't say it in my Eternal Return video that I did, my presentation on that, maybe I'll link it below. You don't. Play the game to win well you do play a game to win but you play it to make it a better game and that's what contribution is i mean that is the uber mentions uber mentions ethic and i just get the feeling i don't know maybe i'm wrong here but i just get the feeling that the more that you realize uh any effect that i have on society it's kind of minimal to whatever effect that i have it and then Anytime I do try to change society, it's probably just me compensating for issues in my life that are difficult for me to manage, or maybe I don't know how to manage. And then, where I can have an effect on life, isn't it interesting that when I want to quote affect change or be an activist, it just it just takes away from those parts of my life where I do have the most effect: my personal relationships, my community, uh, the job that I do, you know, any contribution that I can uh, give and any contribution that breathes ever more life and spirit into my purpose. And the other thing I would say is if if this is a personal thing and you have children and, and you're worried about your, your children being shot up in a public school, I get that. Well, yeah, I just said it, right? I just gave it away. Don't send your kid to public schools. <laughs> That's where these school shootings happen. So if, if it's, this is about keeping your own children safe, or keeping maybe your nieces and nephews safe, or your grandchildren safe, whatever, don't don't send your kids to public school. What are you doing? <laughs> send them to a private school. And you could say, well, private schools are expensive. Oh, I, I can't get the money together for a private school. Okay, so let's just go back to the beginning then. So you can't even get money together to send your kids to a, a private school, but you can somehow affect some great change in in the world or at least in your state by by holding up a a picket sign in front of the state capitol. You can't even send your kids to a private school. If if you can't even do that, if you don't have a handle on that, I think that that's like a a low bar for even getting involved in politics if you don't have the uh, wherewithal, psychological, financial wherewithal, right? I mean, look, This all comes down to the payoff and what you're really doing. You know, now I'm thinking about it. um, There's this old saying in, uh, you know, when somebody's hungry. uh, Maybe I got this from my mom or something. um, Maybe I got it somewhere else. But it's something to the effect of, oh, you think you're hungry? Okay, well, then have eggs or salmon. Or maybe it's eggs or some other fish like cod. That have eggs or cod well i don't want eggs or cod i want something else well if you don't want eggs or cod then you're not really hungry right? and it's fine you're just trying to most likely you're just trying to eat to uh, manage your emotional issues which of course i do all the time you know it's fine i'm not saying you're a bad person but just be honest about it simply be honest about it okay so you have this urge you have this hunger supposedly to make the world a better place turn that lens in on yourself oh you don't want to do that you want to stand out in front of the Capitol with your picket sign well then you're not you don't really want to change the world what you want to do is you want to distract yourself from your emotional issues that's what you want Uh, so look at the payoff right this is a great example of what I call the secondary emotional payoff is the emotional state that we put ourselves in to compensate for the fact, to compensate in a sense for the stress of mismanaging our emotions, often on an unconscious level. So we do something called a secondary emotional payoff. And a healthy, or not a healthy, but a a robust secondary emotional payoff, one that affects a lot of us, is changing society. Right, this is a distraction. This is a distraction from issues that you don't really know how to manage. So manage the payoff. understand where the payoff comes from understand the, the three or four steps often unconscious often a way you're mismanaging emotions that leads to the payoff and then when you're in the payoff, I'm not even saying not to do the payoff to not get involved in, in the you know do your picket thing in front of the in, fr- in front of the state capitol so do that if you want I mean whatever I don't care I don't think it matters one way or another. It's mostly going to be a waste of time for you but if you're doing that, just know that you're doing it. <laughs> just just know there's a huge freedom in just saying no I'm actually not eating because I'm hungry I am just eating because there's stress in my life that I don't really want to manage right now it's incredibly freeing to simply be honest you know like Jordan Pearson he goes around and saying you gotta, you gotta be honest, you gotta tell the truth or at least not tell lies but what does that even mean? You know, I would submit that just telling the facts of your life, that's not even telling the truth. Because somebody who says, if if they have very little emotional awareness, they have the urge to do something in the face of a mass shooting, and they go, I feel like I need to do something, 99.99% of people are going to say, oh, you're a good person for wanting to do that. Of course, there's going to be the 0.001% who goes, uh, actually, no. I know it seems like you're a good person, but actually... <laughs> You're, ma- you're wearing this mask called being a good person to cover the fact that you have issues you don't know how to manage. Which is, again, fine. Join the freaking club. It's the everybody club. We all have this. Just admit it. Just admit it that that's what's going on. But anyways, Jordan Peterson talks around and says, tell the truth. Well, how can you tell the truth if you don't even know how you, your own emotional issues? If you don't even know what emotions are and how your emotional issues play out in every aspect of your life. So how do you know if you're talking about what's going on out there, the mass shooting, versus what's going on inside? Oh, I can't manage my emotional issues, which is why I care about the mass shooting. School shooting, or, you know, whatever it is. That's That's the issue. Right, so you can only tell the truth, which I think is important. And I'm, you know, not taking anything. Why well, I'm taking something away from Jordan Peterson because I don't really think he's a psychologist. Right, that that's what it says on the plaque in his office. But he's not really a psychologist. I, I said this before in another article. He's a philosopher who talks about psychology. That's a huge difference. So yeah, tell the truth. Right, and when you're eating, you know, seven protein bars in a row, mm, at least be honest about why you're doing it. Don't just say, oh, I'm hungry. You're not. It's fine, but you're not, and don't lie about it. Oh, I just want to help the world. I just want to make the world a better place. Look, I got me my sign. Just be honest about it, right? That's, that's the first step. And if you want help, obviously, with figuring out emotions, how your emotions affect your life, where you look at reality versus where you look at a projection of an unmanaged emotion, that's what we can help you with here animusempirecom slash schedule uh, we do free consultations there's also a bunch of information on my website if you just want to know uh, more about uh, what I do there's a bunch of videos and stuff and articles um, I, I, yeah, I think I'll le- link to the eternal return one because I remember that being a pretty good presentation on the eternal return recurrence, whatever and I think I have a perspective on that that not a lot of people have I, I've honestly... Uh, this isn't a, me bragging, this is more me bragging about uh, how few girlfriends I had in college, but I, I've never met somebody who's read more Nietzsche than I have, so I may have something helpful to say about that, so I'll link to that below. Yes, yeah, so we have tons of information, free consultations, and remember that uh, when you think uh, what you're doing is, makes you a good person, or you think that what you do makes you a good person, it could just be an elaborate distraction from your own emotional issues.